are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. With y'all on this Monday, whew, there was a lot over the weekend with free agency. We are shifting right from the draft coverage. Still, Pelicans do his rookie, Kyra Lewis Jr. going to be here. We'll be talking more about him on the show uh, later in the week as well. But we need to shift to free agency because we jumped right into that end. Well, the Drew Holiday trade got expanded a little bit. The Pelicans were quiet so far on the free agency front. But they still made some moves, made a few splashes, bringing in Steven Adams from the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to focus on that trade in free agency overall for New Orleans in the first segment. Then where do the Pelicans stand? They've been a little bit quiet. What money do they have to spend? How close are they to the luxury tax? We'll get into all of that in the second segment. And then the third segment, no Brandon Ingram news, at least when I'm recording this. What's going on there? Is there anything to worry about? Uh, one or two things to keep an eye on, but overall nothing, but I'll explain why I think this has taken so long. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So free agency started Friday and things were quiet for New Orleans. You saw a number of names go off the board early. Teams that had cap space in Detroit and Atlanta spent that cap space. Other teams signed guys around the fringes and you saw a lot of player movement through signing trades, including maybe, although I, I don't, I think it'll be a free agent signing Derek Favors going to the Utah Jazz. So immediately he was off the board for New Orleans. No running it back with him. We'll talk more about Derek Favors maybe later in the week. It's not as important to catch you up on everything that's going on today. So with Derek Favors off, there was a big hole down low for the Pelicans in that starting center spot since Zion is not really set to kind of fit into that role just yet. Well, we found out later that the Pelicans were expanding the Drew Holiday trade. Yes, it's with Milwaukee. Yes, it already included the Denver Nuggets to some degree because of moving that pick on draft night. But now it sounds like it's including the Oklahoma City Thunder. And to replace outgoing Derek Favors, the Pelicans are bringing in center Steven Adams from the Thunder. Uh, to be the starting center next season. Expiring contract, he's making after a trade kicker of almost $30 million this season. We, we'll cover exactly what he does. We'll compare him to Derek Favors um, in tomorrow's show, I think. But on the surface of it, it's, it's a fine move. I don't know if I'm thrilled about giving up draft compensation to bring him in. And that's what's happening here. He is an expiring deal. And usually you want to try and dump those sorts of things to some degree. But... At the same point, he's a very serviceable player. He's been very healthy through his time in the NBA. He's very good in the pick and roll. He's a strong defender and a strong rebounder. He fits a lot of what New Orleans is missing. He does not space the court. He's hit one three exactly in his career. That three was against New Orleans, coincidentally, this past season. But overall, he is a solid player, a guy that you can kind of kick the tires on and see if maybe he's going to be a long-term fit. And based on some of the rumors that had come out on Twitter the past couple of days, it sounded like this is a guy that's been on David Griffin's uh, uh, mind for a while. And so I would not be shocked if New Orleans looks to bring him back after this coming season, not necessarily a stopgap. 
This is a guy who can soak up a lot of minutes, give Jackson Hayes a time to develop, and that's kind of filling that role. Yes, you'd like a big that can shoot around Zion Williamson, but the fact that Adams is so good in the pick and roll, sets such good screens, is still going to open things up for Zion and the rest of the offense too, so don't focus solely on that. Then in the coming hours and days, we saw New Orleans made another move to bring in another center to kind of fill that backup role alongside Jackson Hayes. That's going to be Willie Hernan Gomez, formerly of the Charlotte Hornets, a one-year minimum deal, basically just to soak up some minutes. That's it. It's it's a fine thing. We don't need to spend too much time on Willie Hernan Gomez. And that's kind of been it for New Orleans. Losing Derek Favors, bringing in Hernan Gomez, getting Steven Adams in the big swing of a trade uh, to be your starter. None of the big names that New Orleans was maybe rumored to get came to fruition. Aaron Baines ended up signing with the Toronto Raptors. We could debate Baines versus Steven Adams. We probably will for a segment at some point on the show. I think there's some opportunity costs that New Orleans maybe lost out on in some degree with this, but you also don't know if Aaron Baines would have signed here in the first place. You've also seen uh, Jeremy Grant get $20 million a year over three years. That is a lot of money. The New Orleans Pelicans had no chance of getting him with that. And it's more just kind of been focusing on this Drew Holiday trade, getting that all finalized, because we still haven't heard news from Brandon Ingram and what that signing is going to be. We'll get into that in the second and third segment here. But right now, Steven Adams, that's who's going to be the starting center for next season. Outgoing also in that trade is George Hill. So your starting lineup for New Orleans is looking something along the lines of Eric Bledsoe plus Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams. It's not a bad starting lineup. It's not top four seed in the Western Conference, probably not even top four seed in the Eastern Conference, but it's not bad. We've done the comparison of Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. And yes, while it's a downgrade, New Orleans still has some talent in the backcourt. Yes, Lonzo Ball is the two guard. Steven Adams doesn't space the court in some of the three-point shooting that New Orleans had. That was really one of their better offensive things last season is kind of gone right now. But there's still enough shooting up and down the roster to maybe make this work. And speaking of that roster, what's it looking like right now? And what money do the Pelicans have now to use in free agency to sign names, to sign other players? How many roster spots are there? What's just kind of the general uh, landscape of everything look like? And we're going to cover that coming up in the next segment. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Not only is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar ever, it's probably just the best protein bar out there on the market. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight. And the bars are low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. There's some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein, 130 calories and just four grams sugar and four grams net carbs. Go to your grocery store, your, your health store, wherever it is where you get your protein bars for and go look at the nutritional facts on the back of them. Built Bar is pretty much going to beat it every single time and they're going to taste way better. They're not going to be chalky. They're not going to be dry. They're not going to be too dense. They're not going to just be awful to eat. The flavors can sometimes be overpowering in those other bars. 
Built Bar, you're going to think you're eating a candy bar. And they've got delicious flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, toffee almond, orange, double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie. I could go on and on and on. I eat one of these things every single day. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, you're not going to realize you're eating a protein bar. So if you want to try them, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So coming up tomorrow on Locked On Pelicans, I'm going to be looking at Steven Adams. How does he impact the Pelicans offensively, defensively? Is this an upgrade from Derek Favors, a downgrade from Derek Favors? How are they different? How are they similar? We're going to really do a deep dive on your newest Pelicans starting center and the guy that's maybe kind of the key to the Pelicans offseason. So don't miss that coming tomorrow. Also, speaking of Steven Adams, still, before we get into where the Pelicans stand in free agency, what money do they have to spend all of that stuff? I should have mentioned exactly what went down in the trade. This thing was complicated. We don't need to get into the actual cap mechanics of it, partially because I'm still trying to figure one or two things out as are others, but it doesn't matter. This deal is going down and it is official. Trade is complete according to Shams of The Athletic. Milwaukee is going to get Drew Holiday, the number 60th pick, which was Sam Merrill in this draft. New Orleans gets Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and all the future picks and pick swaps. It's 2020, it's 2025 and 27 first round picks and swaps in 24 and 26 so they're only now in this drew holiday trade getting three picks back or sorry two first round picks plus bledsoe and steven adams that is the return okc is getting george hill josh gray kenrich Al, uh kenrich williams and xylan chatham plus darius miller and that 2023 protected first from denver plus two second round picks, and then Denver's getting uh, Denver's getting RJ Hampton. So basically, New Orleans sends out Drew Holiday, the 60th pick, George Hill, Josh Gray, Kenrich Williams, Zylan Chatham, and Darius Miller. They're actually not even really sending out George Hill. Uh, and a 2023rd pick in exchange for Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, two first round picks, and two pick swaps. It's still a pretty good haul for New Orleans. Basically, look at it as Steven Adams and two first-round picks plus two pick swaps for Drew Holiday plus Eric Bledsoe. That's good. They had to do... There's some sign-and-trade stuff going on with this with Kenrich Williams, Zylan Chatham, and Darius Miller to make all of the salaries work with Steven Adams not waving his trade kicker. It, it doesn't matter. That's the deal. You're losing those guys. They likely weren't coming back anyway. Two of the guys were on a two-way deal, um, so it doesn't really impact New Orleans from a player standpoint. So all of that said, where do things stand for your New Orleans Pelicans in free agency? So right now the Pelicans have 12 people either on the roster or about to be on the roster. It starts with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, Willie Hernan Gomez, Kyra Lewis Jr., Nicolo Melli, Jackson Hayes, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson, J.J. Redick, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, and Steven Adams. Ingram, not officially signed, neither is Kyra Lewis Jr. That will get done in the next couple of days. It's 12 spots on the roster for New Orleans. They also do have a new two-way guy. Again, doesn't really impact a ton for New Orleans here, but... Something to also still keep an eye on. They signed Najee Marshall out of Xavier. We'll get into him more later in the week, too. It's a two-way player. It doesn't usually work out with these guys. doesn't matter right now. He also doesn't count towards the roster limit. So 12 players under contract. You can have 15 on your roster, 13 of which are active on any given game. So the Pelicans now have room for three more players. What can they do? 
Well, there's always minimum deals. That is always what you can do to add guys to your roster. But the Pelicans also have two other mechanisms, exceptions, since they are operating as an over-the-salary-cap team right now. They're going to have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which starts at $9.258 million. You can do it up to a four-year deal. When you look at that contract that Derek Favor signed with Utah, it could be that since it was about three years and $30 million, which New Orleans didn't want to pay. That's too many years for me. I would have been fine with one year at 15, an overpay on that first year, but... With Steven Adams coming in, clearly New Orleans was going in a different direction. Again, we'll also talk more about Derek Favors later in the week, too. There's some stuff we can discuss there. So they have $9.258 million. You can split that up amongst multiple players. They also have the biannual exception, $3.6 million that the Pelicans can use there with that. Here is part of the issue, though. They are about $6 million before the luxury tax in New Orleans. Not going to be a luxury tax team this year. So while they have about $12 million to spend in some capacity in free agency, you're really only looking at about $6 million of it being spent. You could spend, say, the full mid-level exception, go into all of that, but, oh, sorry, and then be in the luxury tax, and you can then try and duck under the luxury tax later in the season by making a trade. But that can be a little bit risky if you're not able to get a deal done that moves you off some money. You might have to give up future assets to do that. I don't know if that's what New Orleans wants to do. So right now, the most, unless someone really is on the market that they've got to have and kind of scanning the field, is there anyone that they really got to try and go and get? You'd like another wing. You can probably get someone though for $6 million and under, maybe another big, maybe another shooting guard in some capacity or a backup point guard in some capacity you could be looking at. But New Orleans doesn't have a ton of money to spend. What's holding that up to a degree is the fact that Brandon Ingram's likely going to get $27.285 million as the starting salary for his max deal, which almost assuredly would be getting. So with all of that, there's a couple of guys you could look at, but nothing truly exciting, no real game changers here. No J- you know, when you look at the landscape of all of this, trying to figure out this deal, you kind of assumed that New Orleans would keep their full mid-level exception. But if it didn't work out exactly like that, the Pelicans could have been in a weird spot if you had signed someone for it. And it turns out you didn't really have the money for that. And we've seen some instances in this free agency where the team announced a deal and then it doesn't work and they had to alter the deal to some degree. Christian Wood might have been like that. Um, Pat Connaughton's also might be like that in Milwaukee. I don't really know what went on. But the Pelicans were never going to be players for some of these big names. A lot of guys signing for the full MLE are doing it on title contending teams and teams that were going to be better next season, are going to be better next season than your Pelicans are. Just kind of was the way of life with this. This wasn't going to be the most active free agency for New Orleans. And when you look at some of these deals, it's probably a good thing. Like some of these you look at and you're just like, what? I don't know other than maybe the... Atlanta Hawks, what team actively got better that was spending significant amounts of money? I think the Lakers actually improved their rotation to a degree. Maybe the Clippers to some degree as well. But a number of these teams spent money almost to spend money, and I don't like a lot of the signings. I like what Detroit did in the draft. I hate what they've done in free agency. I think that could be way too much money for the Rockets to give Christian Wood in all of this. So all of free agency, this was one year. Maybe you wanted to sit out. And so the fact that New Orleans was quiet, 
I think is probably a good thing for the team overall. Think about it. If you have to give minutes to another big, is it better to give them to a journeyman big that you signed for the minimum exception or to give it to Jackson Hayes and let him improve? Same for Nikhil Alexander-Walker in the backcourt. Do you need to have given those minutes to George Hill or is it better to actually give those minutes to a guy like Nikhil? Let him improve, figure some things out, and hopefully develop into the player that you want him to develop into. I think New Orleans being quiet, just making the trade, getting your starting center in, signing a little bit of depth there for guys probably not going to play a whole lot is probably the way to go. Keep developing the young talent you have here. And now when you look at this, maybe Kyra Lewis Jr. gets more minutes than we were expecting, especially with a big who can set strong screens and is good in the pick and roll, which Derek Favors was not compared to Steven Adams and makes him a bit of a better player and eases his development into the NBA. All of this, I think when you look at New Orleans being quiet in free agency, probably the smartest thing they could have done. So coming up, how come New Orleans hasn't announced the Brandon Ingram deal yet? There's a couple of things to this more than them just kind of taking their time or other things going on. I'll break it all down for you coming up in the next segment here on Locked On Pelicans. Make sure you listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast as well, is going to take you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. So Brandon Ingram, when the Pelicans, as of when I'm recording this, he has not, there's been no announcement or anything on his contract. Depending on when you're listening to this, that may change. But why wasn't a deal done at least right away in free agency, right? Think about it. There's not really many teams out there with cap space. You had the Pistons. You had the Hawks. You had the Knicks. Maybe one or two others that I'm forgetting. Two of those in the Pistons and the Hawks weren't going to make a run at him and he wouldn't have signed there anyway. Maybe the Knicks, the bright lights of New York, but they seem to spend their money and do some other things in free agency. You know, there wasn't necessarily a market of people that could make, that could afford him. How come... Nothing's been done. Like, why is this hanging? I thought this was the priority for the team, right? Well, it's a couple of things. I've seen people on Twitter kind of freaking out about this. And what did I tell you all on Friday? This is not an I told you so moment, but I said, don't worry if this doesn't get done right away. I didn't expect this to be announced at the very beginning of free agency. There's a couple of reasons for this. Some of which are good and in the Pelicans' favor. Some of it are actually... Not not somewhat concerning, but again, worth keeping an eye on and maybe just the new reality of a situation that's a little less team-friendly than what it had been in before. So first and foremost, the Drew Holiday trade was unbelievably complicated. There are a lot of moving parts to it. We've just started to kind of figure out everything that kind of went into this. They probably needed to deal with all of that first. You probably had to have everyone kind of working on this sort of thing and trying to negotiate, even though it's going to be a max deal and there's no negotiating the salary involved in this, um, a deal for Brandon Ingram probably wasn't the priori- priority knowing he's restricted free agent and it's kind of in control, right? You don't worry about it as much as other things. You just had to get the Drew Holiday deal done. Well, that's been finalized, so you can move on to this now. The other thing I still think could be what I said. Maybe he wants the kind of experience to be wind and dined, have PowerPoint presentations shown of you, team videos and all that stuff done. That whole just wooing process, wooing experience, courtship that goes into trying to sign big name players in the NBA. It's a big ego boost for these guys. They love that sort of thing. Anyone would. Maybe he just wants to experience that. And even though there aren't teams with cap space 
right now to sign Brandon Ingram. We've seen this offseason and previous offseasons, the salary cap isn't going to limit anyone from signing someone that they want. If some team wants Brandon Ingram and he wants to go there, they'll be able to most likely clear the necessary space to do it. So just because there aren't teams with cap space doesn't mean there's teams that are like, hey, we want we, we can't go after Brandon Ingram. They still might try to, knowing that if they come to an agreement with him, they can then line up the necessary moves to clear that space to bring him to their team. So it does just because there's a limited amount of teams with cap space that look like they could sign him, there's other ways to get it done. So maybe he is taking meetings on that sort of thing. And then none of that matters because he's a restricted free agent. So it just could be kind of the natural process of this sort of thing. The Drew Holiday trade taking up the team's bandwidth and attention during all of it. And then just him wanting to at least hear offers, knowing he's still likely going to be back in New Orleans. It still could be a fun and, you know, one of those things that he's never gone through and wants to experience. Really simple as that. The other thing could be there are some hiccups and hangups in the contract negotiations between David Griffin and Brandon Ingram's representatives. This could be a thing that maybe isn't as easy as we thought. The money's going to be there. That's not going to change. We know what that max contract amount is going to be and what it's going to look like. But what about some of the specifics with it? What about maybe some sorts of, uh, not, not as much incentives, but option years? When you look at this in previous seasons and up until really Anthony Davis and a guy named Damian Lillard, these extensions were just very team-friendly. Here's the max amount of money you get for as long as we can do it, and you're going to sign this. There's no negotiation on it, and that's what it was. But Anthony Davis negotiated in a player option on his max deal for the final year. Same thing for Damian Lillard. Negotiated in a player option. In the deals, the max deals off the rookie extensions that we saw get done in free agency in Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, they got those player options too. New Orleans probably doesn't want to give Brandon Ingram a player option. You want him locked into this team as long as he can be. That player option hurt New Orleans in, in Anthony Davis's trade because it essentially meant he was going to opt out. He did with the Lakers too, to resign with them. But still, it gave him more leverage to try and get back to or get to the team he wanted to opt out and leave New Orleans sooner. New Orleans probably doesn't want to go through that again. So they want him to sign a max deal that is just really as long as possible. Um, four years, five years, all of that stuff. So they might be sticking on that. Donovan Mitchell's a little bit interesting too. He's ultimately not a max guy, right? Like he is not on the level, I think, of Deer and Fox. Very good score, can do a lot, but there are some limitations to his game. When you look at him compared to Brandon Ingram, compared to Jason Tatum, I don't think he's as good as those guys, as, as complete of a player. Yet he had the ability to get that player option. If guys at his level, which isn't far behind some of the top guys in the league and at, you know, at his age and in, in tenure during in the NBA, if he can get that, Ingram's probably going to try and stick it to the Pelicans and get that player option. He wants a, a as good or a better of a deal. And so his representatives, his agents are probably fighting for that thing. And maybe that's what's holding up the deal. Ultimately, this is going to get done and he will be a max contract player. The real question might be, does he have a player option versus not a player option? One of those, very clearly, a better situation for New Orleans. 
it might not end up going that way for them, but ultimately he's going to be back and there's going to be at least four year, three, four years of Brandon Ingram here in the future, maybe even longer than that. So New Orleans is still in a very good position with BI and what's going to happen there. But that, those are some of the reasons. Some good, you know, who cares if he goes and takes meetings with other teams, right? Also, if the attention was on the Drew Holiday trade, that's fine. That makes a ton of sense. So maybe less good. Is he trying to push hard for a player option? It's a minor concern in the grand scheme of things. Not a huge one, but it's just one of those things to kind of keep an eye on with it all. So we will see where that goes. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Coming tomorrow, we're going to break down Stephen Adams, compare him to Derek Favors, better or worse for New Orleans. I will let you know. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.